0: hey there all you mighty superheroes of life seekers of truth and guardians of your own destiny it's your band leader horace morris riding the cosmic waves with you from the heart of the merkle treehouse today on this glorious sunday october 1st 2023 i want to remind you of something truly powerful you my friend are your own superhero In a world of chaos and uncertainty, you have the power to protect your own, to stand tall in the face of adversity, and to shape your destiny like a masterful artist crafting a masterpiece. It's a reminder that within you lies a force, a spirit, and a resilience that can move mountains. So, embrace your inner hero, know that you have the strength to face any challenge, and take charge of your life with confidence. You're the author of your own story, the conductor of your own symphony, and the guardian of your own future. And now, as you channel that inner superhero, it's time to welcome the luminary, the guardian of soundness, the groovy chick who's gonna keep the vibe alive, the incredible, the indomitable, Ms. Audrey Merkel.
1: Thank you, Horace. And thank you, dear friends, for joining us on this splendid Sunday. Life is truly a treasure, isn't it? With just hours to go, Congress has passed a stopgap measure, firing up those money printers for another 45 days. Our distinguished journalist and presidential candidate, Morton Anger, is on the ground in Washington, D.C., ready to provide all the intriguing details. What do you have for us, Morton?
2: Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed listeners, I stand before you here on the iconic National Mall in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., where the sun shines brilliantly in the sky casting a warm embrace upon all who have gathered to savor this glorious Sunday. The weather, I must say, is nothing short of spectacular, with azure skies stretching far and wide, and a gentle breeze that whispers of the promise of autumn. Around me the mall comes to life in a symphony of leisure and joy. Families, couples, and friends have descended upon this historic place, laying out picnic blankets, playing frisbee, and sharing laughter. As we revel in this blissful scene of community and togetherness, it is difficult to reconcile the vibrant life outside with the shadowy, enigmatic proceedings occurring just a stone's throw away in the hallowed halls of the Capitol building. Within those marble walls, Congress is engaged in the intricate dance of democracy, making decisions that shape our nation's future. Today my blood boils and my voice trembles with righteous indignation as I address you on a matter of paramount importance, The great budget battle of our time and the unbelievable fire alarm fiasco that unfolded amidst it we find ourselves on the precipice of fiscal folly on the brink of financial chaos and for what for political posturing partisan grandstanding and short-sightedness that borders on criminal it's a spectacle that would make the founding fathers weep and our adversaries across the globe chuckle in cynical glee in the hallowed halls of congress where the fate of our nation is determined where decisions should be made with gravitas and the wisdom of ages, we are instead treated to a circus of clowns. Senators and representatives, elected to serve the American people, have once again plunged us into a budgetary abyss, threatening the very fabric of our democracy. Consider the facts. A continuing resolution, a mere band-aid on a gaping wound, is all that stands between us and a catastrophic government shutdown. A 45-day lifeline for our nation's vital functions, pushed through by desperate politicians whose primary skill seems to be the art of printing money. Is this how we govern ourselves in the 21st century? In the midst of this budgetary brawl, we witness a sideshow that would rival the greatest circuses in history. Politicians squabble over Ukraine funding, invoking the specter of a new Cold War, while veterans of our nation's armed forces languish in uncertainty. The very heroes who have defended our freedoms, now left in limbo by those who should be their fiercest advocates. Speaker of the House McCarthy says everything is fine and dandy. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, everything is not fine and dandy. Our government, instead of serving the people, has become a playground for political egos. A show for the world to watch, shaking their heads in disbelief as the greatest nation on earth flounders in dysfunction. And then, the fire alarm fiasco. As if this budget debacle wasn't enough, we are confronted with the ludicrous spectacle of a fire alarm being pulled within the hallowed halls of Congress. In the midst of our nation's fiscal crisis, we have representatives engaging in antics that would be better suited to a slapstick comedy than the halls of power. Make no mistake, this great budget battle is a microcosm of our political dysfunction. It reflects our inability to put aside partisan bickering and work for the common good. It highlights the sorry state of our democracy when elected officials care more about re-election than the welfare of their constituents. We deserve better. We demand better. We must hold these elected officials accountable for their actions, for their inaction, and for their disregard for the American people. The time for change is now before we descend further into this abyss of partisan rancor and legislative ineptitude. In the words of our forefathers, we must pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. To restore sanity to our budgetary process, to rekindle the spirit of cooperation that built this great nation. When I am elected as your next president, this madness will end once and for all. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and don't forget to go to isupportmort.com for more information. Good day.
1: Thank you, Morton. Well, folks, it seems the halls of power are experiencing some fiery emotions. Democrat Jamal Bowman upset with the lack of funding for the Ukraine war, decided to pull the fire alarm to disrupt the vote. Now that's truly embarrassing behavior. Sarah Nichols is standing by with a report that dives deeper into this incident. Sarah?
3: Well folks, we've got ourselves a Capitol Hill caper that's leaving us all scratching our heads. New York representative Jamal Bowman decided to take an unexpected detour from politics and dabble in fire safety. Picture this, it's a Saturday morning and the House is gearing up for a good old vote on a government funding bill. Everything's business as usual, right? Wrong. That's when our dear Representative Bowman, not content with simply pressing buttons to cast his vote, decides to pull a fire alarm. Now, the big question here is, was this a political fire drill, or did someone just hand this man a map to the emergency exits? House Administration Committee Chairman Brian Steele is demanding answers, and he ain't taking oops for an explanation. He wants Representative Bowman to spill the beans on why he thought tugging on that red alarm cord was the way to freedom. Steele even warned that if Bowman's little escapade was meant to mess with the House's voting shindig, it could be a serious violation of the law. Well, isn't that a hoot? Bowman's office, of course, is singing a different tune. They're saying it was all just a big ol' accident. According to them, Bowman was trying to get to a door, thought the alarm would magically swing it open, and whoops, pulled the alarm instead. Classic mix-up, right? But let's not forget, my lovelies, that our lawmakers have a knack for creative storytelling. Bauman's explanation might be plausible if it weren't for that pesky security footage. You see, they caught him in the act, and there's no escaping those watchful eyes. Now even Speaker Kevin McCarthy has thrown his 10-gallon hat into the ring, saying the House Ethics Committee ought to give this a good hard look. This should not go without punishment, he declares. I mean, honestly, can you blame him? A fire alarm stunt just hours before a government shutdown? That's drama you can't write. And to top it all off, Representative Lisa McLean is circling like a hawk with a censure resolution in her hand. She's ready to slap the wrist of the fire alarm bandit herself. So, folks, we're in for a good old congressional showdown, and this time, it ain't about bills or budgets. It's about ringing alarms and raising eyebrows. This is your girl, Sarah Nichols, signing off. Thank you,
1: Sarah. With the Bitcoin halving drawing nearer, let's delve into this significant event. Eli and Polly, our trusted Bitcoin savants, are standing by to provide you with a comprehensive explanation. Children, take it away.
4: Hey Polly, do you know about the Bitcoin halving? Yes, Eli. It's a really important event in the world of Bitcoin. It's when they reduce the number of new Bitcoin that are mined per block. Oh, interesting. But why do they do that? Well, imagine you have a magical tree that grows apples, and every year you get a basket full of apples from it. That sounds cool. It is. But here's the thing. Every four years, the magical tree grows half as many apples as it did before. That's a bummer. Not really. You don't want too many apples in the world. If there are too many, they might not be as special or valuable. I see. So the Bitcoin halving is like a rule to make sure fewer and fewer new Bitcoins enter the network until they reach 21 million? Exactly! It's like a special rule in Bitcoin's schedule. This rule makes sure Bitcoin stays valuable and rare, like those apples from the magical tree. When does this special event happen? The last one was in 2020, and the next one is coming up in 2024, probably in April. During the event, the number of new Bitcoin that are mined gets cut from 6.25 to 3.125 per block. So instead of making lots of new Bitcoin, they make fewer? Yes, think of it like this. Bitcoin works exactly opposite as fiat money like the U.S. dollar. Got it. The Bitcoin halving is like a big deal that helps keep Bitcoin special and valuable by making sure fewer new Bitcoin are created until they reach 21 million. That's exactly right, Eli. And that's the lesson for today. Bye, Bye, kids. kids! Thank
1: you, children. And now, for our parting thoughts. As Bitcoin's issuance slows with the approaching halving, let's contemplate the contrasting trajectory of the US dollar. While Bitcoin embraces scarcity, the dollar is printed relentlessly to support the ever-growing US government. And for those with an appetite for conflict, fear not. There will always be funds for geopolitical ventures like our Ukrainian escapades. After all, there's a fortune to launder and certain interests to appease. The 45-day funding extension of the US government may provide temporary relief. But we mustn't forget that the debt ceiling has been abandoned, and the US finds itself buried under a staggering $33 trillion debt. It's a stark juxtaposition. Infinity versus 21 million. Bitcoin's limited supply remains a beacon of financial prudence in a world of limitless inflation. And unlike the US government, Bitcoin never shuts down. And with that, episode 63 of the Merkle Treehouse comes to a close. Make sure to come back on Wednesday for chapter 4 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War, you won't want to miss it. In fact, join us every Wednesday and Sunday for the best in Bitcoin mindshare. Remember, the Texas Bitcoin Roundup is October 14th. Go to the TexasBitcoinRoundup.com for more information. Tickets are free. You just have to register. In the meantime, keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. Adios, amigos.
2: Hey, folks, it's Sammy Nash. I know you get busy stacking that sweet, sweet corn, but would you do us a favor and spread the word about the Merkle Treehouse? We are on all podcast platforms. If you are picking us up on Apple or Spotify, remember to hit that like button. It really makes a difference.